It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is brought to you by... No, buddy. Good job, Carlos. Well done. How does that song go? I don't know. It was... But you know what came to my mind? Go, go, squeeze! <laughs> Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hand the mic over to a man. A man that once climbed Mount Everest while fighting a wildebeest and writing a New York Times bestseller. That man is Mr. David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. It's your main squeeze. Cooldy, a.k.a. the Cooldy Potamus, and I was wandering the banks of the River Nile, lapping up all of Formula One's sustenance as I reflect on what an amazing first half to the 2021 season we've had so far. All the ups and downs. <laughs> what a huge year it is for racing. But before we jump into episode 61, I must ask that if any of you have seen my Fermi, please park it on up in there. As it is the Park It In My Fairbay show, the number one Formula One comedy podcast, according to my mother. We talk all the news, opinions, discussions, results, previews, reviews, love triangles, driver movements and Rossi retirements and more. And what a monstrous, huge, colossus, gigantic show we have for you today. If you've missed out on the first 60 episodes, don't be sad. Don't you dare be sad. Just head over to parkitinmyfairbay.com to download all of them. Better yet, spank that subscribe and follow button on your podcast listening app. Spank it like it owed you some money. That way you can hear my sexy, soothing, smooth sounds two times a week. And who doesn't want to get down and dirty with the cool bottomers twice a week rolling around in all the slop? Yeah. Socials? <laughs> 
You bet your sweet ass. We have some socials on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Parking in My Firm, mate. But tonight, we discuss the inconsistent penalties in Formula One. Look at the driver movements that will take place because I know everything. And we also have a look at some driver power rankings for you as well. So sit back, relax, grab a glass of vino, change into something a little more comfortable, light a candle, and enjoy the show. And ready to check. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday. What? It's Friday then. Saturday, Sunday. What? Yeah, it's okay. So. I did a little experiment the other day. I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. And I farted when my girl and I were making sweet love. I was relaxed. I was feeling good. It just slipped out. She should be happy that she made me that relaxed and comfortable around her. It happens. Usually I I suck the farts back in. But this time I wanted to see what the consequences were if I let one out. She flicked me in the balls so hard and it hurt. It hurt a lot. I nearly cried. But I thought, in order for the experiment to work, we needed to see if it would happen again. So I farted again. But this time she laughed. Okay, so now I'm confused. If I fart during sex, do I get flicked in the Kobayashis? Or will she laugh it off? I don't know what I'll get. But I felt like this was Formula One. Right now, the punishment doesn't always fit the crime, or at least it isn't consistent. Especially this season. There have been a number of instances where drivers have done the same infringements, but been issued very different penalties. Our legal system is set up in a way that lawyers and judges use previous cases when it comes to sentencing, so their clients and defendants are sentenced accordingly. You aren't going to imprison someone for stealing a car for a hundred years if the last time someone stole a car, they were imprisoned for two years. It's called setting a precedent. It's called putting a judgment in place and then it's weighting it so every other judgment after that is in line with that judgment. It should be the same in Formula One. You do something bad, you get penalized. So if that same crime happens again, that's the penalty for that crime. So there are three instances or incidents I want to go through that have happened in Formula 1 this season recently. I'm talking last three races to see if the punishments were consistent. The Austrian Grand Prix, Kimi Raikkonen and Sebastian Vettel collide on the final lap of the race. Both drivers get a 20 second penalty. Latifi and Mazepin get penalized for speeding under the yellow flags through that collision. Perez, Leclerc, Sainz, and anyone that was in the top 10 didn't receive a penalty despite doing the exact same thing. Incident number one. Okay, now let's look at incident number two, Silverstone. British Grand Prix, only a couple of races ago. Opening lap, Hamilton takes out Verstappen on the opening lap. His championship rival, he receives a 10-second penalty. Hamilton goes on to win the race. Verstappen DNFs crashing into a wall at 51 Gs. Okay, so Hamilton takes out his championship rival, gets 10 seconds, when Kimi and Sebastian, who aren't in the top 10, are just scrapping it out and they get 20-second penalty. Okay, okay. All right. 
Incident number three. Maybe this will shed some light. Maybe we'll get some answers with incident number three. Hungarian Grand Prix. Valtteri Bottas crashes into the back of Norris after a horrible start and as a result takes out Perez and ruins Verstappen's race by damaging his car. He takes out all of Lewis Hamilton's rivals. Stroll runs into Leclerc, takes him out and damages Daniel Ricciardo's car. Both Stroll and Bottas receive a five-grid place penalty at the next race, which is Spa after the summer break. So there were three different incidences, all of them cars hitting other cars, but there were also three different penalties, three different outcomes. Man, this sucks. Driving is so different now. How can this happen now? Like, I bet you, I bet you 20 years ago, I bet you 20 years ago, there was consistency in the early 2000s. I bet you you did something, you knew exactly what the penalty was. Or was there? So here's an article from September 27, 2002 from Autosport.com. Three incidents involving different penalties thus far this year. Oh, doesn't that sound familiar? Number one, Kimi Raikkonen. We've even got the same driver. Kimi Raikkonen's collision with Takuma Sato in qualifying at Monza, which earned the cancellation of his quickest qualifying lap. Number two, Felipe Massa's move over on Pedro De La Rosa at the same meeting, penalised by a 10-place demotion on the Indy grid, which ultimately led to Sauber dropping him for the race. And number three, Nick Heidfeld's T-boning of Sato when the safety car pulled off in Austria, which escaped sanction. Sato really, really copped it there. But there's three incidences with three different outcomes. Three times world champ Nicky Lauda said in America, I fully agree with David that there has to be some consistency. That's David Coulthard. From race stewards, nobody understands why Heifeld got nothing for a much bigger accident. Rubens Barrichello sees it differently, however. He says, I don't think you can compare Heifeld's accident with Raikkonen and, and Sato's. Said the Ferrari driver, I don't think there should have been a penalty for Heifeld for misjudging his braking because that can happen to any one of us. But not looking in the mirrors and being aware that someone is coming, for me, is a lack of respect. I don't rely, for example, on people telling me on the radio. I keep on looking. When we started learning about driving, we already had mirrors. Coulthard's point is that consistency would be aided by a full-time steward, possibly with a couple of sidekicks changing race to race. I still don't think if I've had proper answer as to why we don't have at least one permanent steward, that's what David Coulthard had to say. I don't see how different ones can follow as closely what's happening race to race just by being at home watching TV. You've got to be here with the 30-odd screens available at this level. There should be at least one permanent presence. That was from 2002. So this isn't a new... This is 20 years and they've been having the same issues. The reason why the FIA used different stewards is that over the course of a season, there isn't any accidental bias towards any driver or team. No team or driver can suggest that officials are out to get them. The disadvantage is that it leads to inconsistent penalties. But what's more of a concern? You've got to ask, what does the FIA care about more? Drivers saying the steward has it out for them? Or getting penalties more consistent? Gunter Steiner made a joke only a few weekends ago after the British Grand Prix. He said, 
that if it's only a 10 second penalty to take out a driver in the race, why not take out nine, 19 drivers? Cop a 190 second penalty and go on to win the race. He was clearly joking, but there's a lot of truth to that. You never know if it's going to be a 10 second penalty or a one race ban. You see, this isn't something new, but it's going to have a huge impact on the 2021 season. The reason this hasn't been brought up in the last five years or so is because Hamilton is dominating. He was leading the championship by so much, it didn't matter what the stewards did. But now that it's a half-decent championship, every single decision made by the stewards has such a huge impact, this isn't a new thing. It's going to be going on for some time now. It's time for the FIA to step in and have them say that this season the steward is such and such and there will be some more consistency with the rules. Whatever that steward says goes. Chopping and changing is going to bring up more frustration to the drivers and us questioning the integrity of the championship. Like if Hamilton wins because Max got a five grid place penalty for farting at Michael Massey, then I'm asterisking the shit out of that season. FIA, it's time to do the right thing. Because right now your penalty system is like a good hard flick to the balls and it fucking hurts. And now, your stat of the week. I'm a stat man, Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stat time, yeah. Oh, so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. I am a stat man. Here we go. Ocop. Let's give some love to Esteban. Signs himself a three-year contract, only to be performing like shit. Oh, hold on. Let's just go out there and win a fucking race, yeah? Ocon has led more laps than Perez, Bottas, Vettel, and Alonso combined this season. He's led more laps than Charles Leclerc. And the only drivers to have led more laps than him are Verstappen and Hamilton. Verstappen has led 403 laps. Hamilton, 128. But Esteban Ocon, 65, if you don't mind. He's coming up quick. Ocon, 2021 Drivers World Champ confirmed. Oh, God, no, no, no. But that, hey... That was his start of the week. Bada bada bee, ba, ba, bada boo. He's a stat man. Ooh, that was a good stat. It was a good yeah, stat. Such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, he's pretty cool. Yeah. Ba ba da ba dee, ba 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 da bo. Ba 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 da bo, ba ba dee, ba 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 da bo. All right, guys and gals. We got a new segment, Musical Chairs Time. Hey. And when we have a new segment on the show, you know I've got a new intro and uh, I'm pretty proud of this one because uh, I put little to no effort into it. Is that seat yours? Is that seat mine? I think that seat's mine. You want to drive a car that's mine. You can fuck off that driver's seat's mine. 2022 driver's seat predictions. That is right. We got some driver's seat predictions. What do you think of that intro? 10 out of 10? Me too. Okay. First thing we're going to do is not talk about the teams that aren't changing. 
All right, we know there are no chance that these teams are changing. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. We've got better things to do. I've got videos of Riley Reid to look up. You've got uh, thoughts of me to have. Okay, so let's talk about them. Ferrari, Leclerc and Sainz. The sexiest duo on the grid, the smooth operator and the racing banana. If you don't know what that is, you, you check out his Twitch channel. He's pretty entertaining, actually, Charles Leclerc. But they aren't changing. They're sticking around in the Ferrari in 2022, and they shouldn't worry about it either. Both drivers are doing very well. Sainz getting comfortable, taking to the new car easily, getting comfortable and getting some nice, nice results, including now a couple of pole positions for Charles Leclerc, as well as a couple of podiums now for Carlos Sainz. So they're really, considering where Ferrari were last year, they've bounced back very, very nicely indeed. Moving on, McLaren aren't changing anything either. So you can forget about that. Lando and Ricardo are long-term, and that duo will stick around, I think, for some time too, past 2022, into 2023. That is the year past it as well. They'll be going They'll be going together strong for a while. No changes there at all. All this Danny Rick hate, you got to stop it. He's going to be coming back nicely. You just need to sit back and be patient. It's He's, half, he's 10 races in, 11 races in. You know, we got, what have we got? 12 races to go? He'll be fine. Don't worry about it. He's got it. Red Bull are likely to stay the same as well. No reason to change there. Verstappen will never leave. And Perez is proving very, very handy at the moment as well. Yes, he's a little bit older, Checo. And Red Bull like him young. They like him real young. But the results speak for themselves. If Bottas didn't exist, Red Bull would be sitting on top of the Drivers' Championship. And if you're leading the championship then there's no reason to change it up at all, is there? Alpine are going to stay the same. But they shouldn't. But they're going to stay the same. Okay, they extended Esteban Ocon's contract, and until the Hungarian GP, it looked like he was... That was a horrible idea. He shat the bed. But he is looking the goods now. Fairly consistent-ish. Alonso is contracted for next year as well, but he is 106 years old. So I can see a possibility of buying out the contract and replacing him with someone in Alpine's driver pool. Replacing him with someone there. I'm thinking like pulling up a Piastri. Or maybe even insert Bottas in there. Um, because Bottas is done at Mercedes. But I think Piastri, the Australian in uh, Formula 2, he's leading the championship at the moment. He's looking pretty good. Get him up. Give him a chance. Not bad at all. Moving on, Aston Martin won't change as well. The last of the ones that won't change. It's not a lock, and I think Lawrence Stroll wants his son to move to Mercedes. And Lawrence Stroll has had a good year so far. Fairly solid year, but I think Mercedes have a few other drivers in their sights to pull up that are better suited for them. And Vettel still has a lot of life left in him as well. He podium once, and well, maybe twice, but then was disqualified because his team can't manage fuel properly. So no need to change it up just yet. Just focus on the car, get it ready for next season. That's Aston Martin. So they're, they're your teams that are sorted. Okay, you don't need to worry about those teams. Ferrari, McLaren, Red Bull, Alpine, Aston Martin. They ain't doing nothing. Maybe Alpine, but the rest, definitely not doing nothing. But that's it. Those teams are sorted. Let's talk about the five teams that will change. And we're going to start with Mercedes. Now, Mercedes are going to fuck Bottas right off. Look, Hamilton has won many championships and a few with a driver that is passive and always helping Hamilton get there. But now Bottas is having mistake after mistake and the threat of Red Bull and other teams catching up. Look, Mercedes are going to make this change. Now, it might even happen during the summer break. I don't think so, but they're definitely going to have it sorted before the end of the summer break. George Russell 
will be that choice. He was testing the car out in Hungary recently as well, and he knows what he is doing. He's driven the car before, and he's got some half-decent results from it. He drove in a cockpit in Bahrain last year, the Sarkia circuit, when he didn't even fit in the car. Drove Hamilton's car, couldn't even fit in it. Still did really well. Leading that race, was going to win before the team screwed him over. So, look, he knows what he's doing. He's starting to get some real consistent results as well, so don't be shocked to see Russell team up with Hamilton in the Mercedes. I know Hamilton won't let like that at all and I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen before the end of the season you know those last few races get him in there might be able to get some points for you as well but more get him used to the car get him ready for 2022 so Mercedes will have Hamilton and Russell with Russell moved up from Williams let's talk about them Williams have come out and said they don't need money anymore piss off Latifi well he isn't contracted and although he has had a good Hungarian GP and now has scored more points than George Russell for Williams, it took the planets aligning and a few acts of God for that to actually happen. So I suspect Bottas goes back to Williams and they pull up another rookie to take Latifi's place. That's only if money isn't an issue at Williams like they're saying it isn't. I would love to have them promote another driver from Formula 2 and get some new talent out there. I know he's part of the Alpine Driver Academy, but maybe Zhao, the Chinese man in the Williams. He might be a good look. Look, you get that massive Chinese market. He is racing well in F2 at the moment and would be a good fit alongside Bottas. Bottas, with some experience, can really help and guide him. He's got to really take on that sort of what Alonso's doing with Ocon. He's got to really go embrace that role. You know, go, I'm not here to win a championship now. I'm here to guide Zhao. I don't know. I don't know. Alfa Romeo is up next, and I want them to scrap racing car Jesus, Antonio Giovinazzi, and Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi's done, man. He's getting old, man. He's the old man hanging out with the kids. He's the boomer right now. He is done. Giovinazzi has had his chance, too. I don't mind him, so don't be surprised if they keep Giovinazzi, but I, I want to see Callum Illett come in, um, the Alfa Reserve driver, get a permanent spot in there. That does leave the second seat available as well. And this is where I would love to have Mick Schumacher. That's right, Mick Schumacher, because that Haas car is a joke. And Mick is doing some half-decent driving. You see that defending against Verstappen? So if we can get two new drivers in Alpha, I reckon that's a smart move there. I reckon they get our Hall of Points too. Get some fresh faces and see what they can do. Moving on, that leaves Haas now with an open spot. Now Haas is without a driver. Nikita is sticking around and his daddy's probably going to own the team. So the booby snatcher ain't going anywhere. They will do something stupid like put Kimmy in the car, I bet you. They will, they'll, I bet you they'll offer Kimmy a contract. Which, that would be an absolute shit show. But, if they are smart about it, and they aren't, but if they are, they go with Robert Schwartzman, another F2 driver, and get the two Russian drivers together, and Haas becomes the Russian team, because it already basically is anyway. That's just smart. That's just smart. And then that leaves Alpha Tauri. Pierre Gasly ain't going anywhere. The man is... I mean, I bet you Red Bull are having nightmares. Christian Horner's sleeping there, sweating and up. When he sees Perez crash out and go, oh my God, I need Gasly back. Get me Gasly back now. But Sonoda, it just ain't working out. He came in so hot. I know he's a rookie. I was, I was so high on Sonoda. I was really rooting for him. But the swearing, the radio calls, the bitching, the moaning, I don't know. This is one they really need to wait out until the end of the season. Really see if there are any signs of improvement. But at the moment, I'm looking to bring up Daryl Vala. 
the Indian driver, part of the Red Bull Academy, I know. you got to get him in there. He's only 22 years of age, so he ain't one of these fresh-faced 19-year-olds or 20-year-olds. Got a couple of years behind him. He's still young. He's got a huge following, gets that Indian market. I think that would be bold and exciting move. He's he's knows what he's doing. So I'm going to do a quick recap then. Mercedes will be Hamilton and Russell. Red Bull, Verstappen, Perez, Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, smooth operator Carlos Sainz, McLaren, Lando, Norris, Danny, Rick. Alpine will be Ocon and Alonso, although I would love to see Piastri there. Probably a reserve driver, maybe. Aston Martin, Stroll and Vettel will still remain there. Williams will be Bottas and Zhao. Completely new lineup. Alpha Tauri, Gasly and Daryl Vala. Alpha Romeo, Schumacher and Illet. Haas, Mazepin, and Schwartzman. Yeah? Okay. What do you guys think? Slide into the DMs and let me know, and I'll have my arms wide out, ready to catch you so you don't hurt yourselves. Give you a little kiss on the forehead and tell you everything's going to be all right. But that's what's happening with the driver movements. Is that seat yours? Is that seat mine? I think that seat's mine. To drive a car that's mine, you can fuck off that driver's seat's mine. 2022 driver's seat predictions. And here's what's happening with the news. No, no, news, 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 news. Cody. Formula One news, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, it's the pimp news, pimp news, didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news, pimp news, pimp news coming through your ears right now, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. Yes, it's news time, and hey, whistle man, don't be shy, you warm up those pipes and do your thing. Now, there's not a lot of news to go through as we enter the summer break, but there'll be plenty over that break. Don't you worry a little bit. I'll be bringing it all to you. Still twice a week, maybe once a week. I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't know. But news number one, Aston Martin are going to appeal the disqualification from the Hungarian Grand Prix. Look, a statement said, there was and is no suggestion that Vettel's Aston Martin uh, cognizant Formula One Team AMR 21 car benefited from a performance advantage from the alleged regulatory breach or that it was deliberate. That's the statement from the team. Now, supposedly they had 1.7 litre or 1.36 litres worth of fuel in the car. That's what it's showing on all the on the monitors and data, but they can't get it out. They can't get it out of there. And as such now, Seb Vettel has been disqualified from the Hungarian GP. He loses out on P2 and it looks like Hamilton slots into P2. Carlos Sainz slots into P3. But that is huge. Not for Aston Martin. No one gives a shit about Aston Martin. But for the championship, where Hamilton gets a whole bunch more points, and you know who doesn't? Verstappen. He gets what? One more point? Moves up one spot? You know, that's gonna be that's gonna be a huge impact. And I reckon every single point counts. It's gonna come down to Abu Dhabi. It's gonna come down to the Yas Malina circuit. It, it is really, really vital here that Verstappen and Red Bull are able to hold on to any points. So they're probably in the ears of Lawrence Stroll going, hey, hey, Otmar, hey, challenge it, challenge it. I don't know. I don't know what will come out of it, but it, we're going to talk about something else now. It's a different sport altogether. 
But congratulations to Valentino Rossi, nine-time Superbike World Champ, announces his retirement. This is what he had to say. He said, I decided to stop at the end of the season. That's what he told a news conference, which was specially arranged ahead of this weekend's Styrian Grand Prix at Austria's Red Bull Ring. Unfortunately, this will be the last half season as a MotoGP rider. It's difficult. It's a very sad moment because it's difficult to say and to know what next year I will not race with a motorcycle. I do this thing for more or less 30 years. Next year, my life will change. But anyway, it was great. I enjoy very much this long, long journey. And it was really, really fun. So a big congratulations from the Parker and my family, the Pimp family here, to Valentino Rossi. You are a true legend, champion of the of the sport. And I was, I remember, like 20 years ago, I was watching it. Like I'm not even I'm not even a massive MotoGP fan, Superbike fan, but you gotta admire the guy to be at the top of the sport that long. Nine-time world champ. Nine-time. Couldn't quite get ten, could you? He's still got some time to do that. But that is it for the news. Box, box. Down, 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 down. Hey, stop late now, say. Copy, copy. Okay, no okay. way that it was a good thing to come in. Okay, it's okay, give me. Okay, it's now time to talk power rankings after the Hungarian Grand Prix. Look, we've had a race. Let's rank him. Let's rank him. Now, what I'm going to do after this, next episode or the episode after, I'm going to actually go through all the power rankings, see how they're trending, to see which drivers are improving, which drivers are getting worse. I know you can probably tell with the eye test, but hey, let's tell through the power rankings. Yeah? All right, so let's start. We're going to go in number 20, Nikita. Give him a squeeze, Mazepin. Look, you're shit. You're not improving. It's it's that simple. I know your car's rubbish. You better hope daddy's going to fund some money into that car next year. I know you're contracted for next year. Hopefully they, they get Schumacher out of there just to save his career. But you're, you're, you're not improving, man. Like, you're basically, even with Schumacher through the first half of the race, then the second half... He nearly laps you every time. Number 19, Yuki Tsunoda. I'm putting him down. I'm putting him down. He keeps having issues and issues. Another outburst at the Hungarian GP. Let's Gasly pass uh, so we can uh, get some more points for Gasly, who's, who's ahead of him in the championship. But then bitches and moans to say that uh, Gasly needs to hurry the fuck up. The only problem is Gasly finished the race with not only the fastest lap, but 30 seconds ahead of you. So get your fucking hands off it, Tsunoda. You're done, mate. You're done. It didn't work out. Number 18, Nicholas Latifi. Now, look, he moved up a spot to 18. Yes, he did score some points on the weekend. Yes, 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 I'm aware. But it, it, a lot of things need to happen for that to actually get into place. So, Nicholas Latifi, you're still trash. You're still in that rubbish Williams car. You're not improving either. I can't see Latifi climbing up this list anytime soon. Number 17, Antonio Giovinazzi, racing car Jesus. Look, he's been racing okay. He's been doing his thing, but again, in a race where I expected him, I expected when half the field is gone, you expect the Alfa Romeos to really push up there. Giovinazzi took the balls to change to slick tyres, but the reason he's below his teammate right now is he cowered it out. He chickened out. He went back to the Inters. Stay on the slicks and... and who knows what would have happened? You would have been first. You would have been top 10. 
We'd be talking about you like we're talking about Latifi and Russell. Number 16, Kimi Raikkonen, the Iceman. Look, the only reason you're ahead of Giovinazzi is because Giovinazzi chickened out. Not because you did anything well, because you actually took out Mazepin when it wasn't Mazepin's fault. And it's not really your fault. You got a release, early release there, unsafe release. But still, you're done. You're done, Raikkonen. Number 15, Mick Schumacher. Now, look, Mick, I love what I'm seeing from you right now. That car is absolute rubbish, but for you to challenge for Stappen the way you did, fantastic work, well done. That's why I'm moving you up the power rankings to number 15. I cannot wait until you get the opportunity in another car. You are going to be a superstar, absolute superstar. Number 14, Lance Stroll from Aston Martin. Look, again, five grid place penalty for the next race. Probably going to hurt you again, but you took out Leclerc. You, you weren't great in the wet, and usually you are. I'm just picturing Turkey last year. You had a fantastic drive. But, yeah, it just wasn't the same here in Hungary. And and now you're down in 14th. Number 13, Danny Rick. Look, I know what I'm going to hear. Danny Rick's car was, was damaged. Look, he was at the back of the grid. He was doing all he can, but... And he had a great start, too. Maybe I am being too harsh, but Danny Rick, again, you just, you just struggled. You just shouldn't be. Why are you always in that position? Absolutely, my heart melted and, and broke, sorry, it, it broke when I saw Danny Rick in the car at the end of the race, just defeated, just head, helmet in his hands, just, and, but I'm so confident he'll turn it around. I expect him to be, you know, consistently top five, six towards the end of the season. Number 12, Valtteri Bottas, and you're lucky you're 12 because he qualified really well. You had a half decent uh, British Grand Prix as well, but you took out half the grid. Also, next race, you're gonna have a five grid place penalty, so I suspect your power rankings will drop again as well. Number 11, George Russell. Good on him to be all the way back up there because I was gonna drop him. I actually predicted George Russell out in Q1 and he's gonna have a horrible, horrible Hungarian Grand Prix. Well, he was out in Q1. But again, right place, right time, doing everything he needs to do. You can only control what happens in front of you. Well done, George Russell. Number 11 on the power rankings. Now it's time for top 10. Seb Vettel. Second podium? Yes, you got disqualified. And the fuel issue is not your fault. It's your team's fault. All right, that's your team's fault. Although they're saying on the data they still had 1.36. So who knows what's going to happen there. But Seb Vettel, there's still some life left in you. Also, very impressive hearing him list all 71, was it? 72, 73 world, uh, world championships, world driver championships. That was impressive. Just hearing him list them all off like that. Number nine, Fernando Alonso. What effort was that? He's the reason Ocon won. He's the reason Ocon's up in the powering his right now because he held off Hamilton. Absolute superstar. Well done, uh, Fernando Alonso. Number eight, Pierre Gasly in the Alpha Tauri. Look, again, I suspected he needed to do a little bit better in a race like that, but he ended up finishing what? P5, P6? Again, the fastest lap as well, finishing ahead of his teammate. That's all you can ask. And yes, the teammate was saying that he was going so slow and needed to give the position back, but no, stuff you. If he's going so slow, then you should be able to pass him. Yeah, Gasly, excellent work. Fantastic weekend again. Looking forward to seeing where you finish up at the end of the year because I'm, I'm, I'm tipping... I really... Oh, I don't know. I was going to say he finishes ahead of one of the Ferraris. I don't think that's going to happen. But definitely, you know, 7th, 8th in the Drivers' Championship. I could definitely see that. Number seven, Sergio Perez. Now, a bit of an unfortunate weekend for him. Um, 
didn't really have a good qualifying either, so really I can only base him off his qualifying. But yeah, it, it was a difficult race. He got taken out. Who knows what will have happened? Great start to the race too. Already made up a position in front of Bottas, but then yeah, taken out by Bottas on that first corner. So I'm going to keep you around seven. That's more of a benefit of the doubt sort of power ranking there with Sergio Perez. Number six, Esteban Ocon. Hey, I rode him off only a couple of weeks ago. I said he was done. I said he was finished. But he's still looking all right. He's still looking the goods. You know, going out there. P1 wins the race. And I think his quality was pretty good too. I think it was P7 or something. Like, he he's needs to prove... He needs to reward Alpine for giving him that contract. He needs to now say, look, thank you for the contract. I'm going to get you a big bag of points. I want to get that camera on me all the time so they can see all the sponsors and everyone's happy. And that's what he did on the weekend. He just needs to continue that now. Number five is the smooth operator. Now he's ahead of Ocon because really he, he's been driving phenomenal. In that car, he's able to get it on the podium. He didn't have much of a chance against Hamilton defending against him like Alonso did, but... Hella signs, a brand new car. He's only been in that car 11 races and he's already gotten on the podium a couple of times now. Monaco are now hungry. He's looking really good, Carlos. Number four, Charles Leclerc. Look, again, it's more of a benefit of the doubt power ranking for him because he was taken out, but he had a great quality. And I was suspecting he was going to be up there as well. I didn't. I don't think I would have predicted him for a podium, but fourth place, definitely. Charles Leclerc. I... I I, and I think, unfortunately, Spa's going to be a bit of an issue for the Ferraris, but you never know. He, he's always proved me wrong. He's actually getting quite a bit of pace out of that car. Number three, Lando Norris. Now, again, we didn't get to see much of Lando. He was taken out by Bottas, but the quality was good. Free practice, he looked really comfortable out there. So, again, it's more of a, you know, this is based on the year so far up to today's date. So it hasn't moved him much from last, last uh, race to this one. But I suspect in Spa, he's going to be quite quick and he'll be bouncing up there. Probably looking for a podium too. It wouldn't surprise me if he gets a podium in Spa. In fact, I'll probably predict that. Number two, Max Verstappen. He's dropping. Look, he was taken out of both races. Yes, he finished the Hungarian Grand Prix. Got a couple of points. Much needed. Very important points. But he was taken out. That barge board, if you had a look at it, I didn't even realize in the race how bad it was. But at the end, it's missing. No wonder he had no arrows, but was still able to get a few over overpasses, overtakes. He looked really good out there. Um, but yeah, he's dropped down to number two on the list here. He was taken out in, in the British Grand Prix. He was basically taken out the Hungarian Grand Prix, but he's still doing really well. The qualifying good. Great start to the race too. Um, just taken out though. Just taken out by Bottas. And number one, that leaves Sir Lewis Hamilton. Look at that. Back to, well, I mean, he won the British Grand Prix after taking out his rival and a 10-second penalty. And he was able to do very well. Got himself up to P2 after the disqualification of Vettel. Second on the podium, getting a huge chunk of points, putting himself well ahead of Verstappen now and, and Mercedes well ahead of Red Bull. So that's just going to be big congratulations to Sir Lewis Hamilton. Number one in your power rankings this week. What do you guys think? Did I stuff it up? Make sure you tune in, not next week. Oh, yeah, no, we'll do it next episode. Next episode, tune in where we compare the power rankings, how they've moved so far this season to see who is the biggest movers, what's the biggest movers and shakers, who's been the biggest disappointment other than Mazepin. I've got a feeling it's going to be Sonoda, but we'll, we'll go through it all then. So make sure you tune in and slide into the DMs if you've got some thoughts on my power rankings, where I've stuffed up, um, if it's not the order you think it should be in. But that's it. 
for the Power Rankings. Well, well, well. We've come to the end of another show. No, don't cry. Don't cry. Hand me the tissues. I'm going to. Oh, who's cutting onions? Who's cutting them? Guys, if you've missed any of the episodes, head over to parkingandmyfairbay.com and catch up there. Also, make sure you subscribe or follow on your podcast listening device. That way you can stay up to date on every episode as it comes out. Be the first in the world to hear it. But guys, I'll be back in a couple of days' time. Middle of the week. On probably Wednesday, maybe Thursday, and we'll talk the power rankings, how they've moved so far this year. Any news, any movement that happens, I'll be across it. Don't you worry. But as always, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.